Good day, I'm Anne Dolenshek and you're listening to Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing. In this episode, we're in conversation with Kriya Gangia. Well-known TV and radio personality, she also is the owner of digital marketing agency Creative Media. Grab a coffee and listen as we discuss the hospitality sector and how it had to become more digitally visible during the pandemic. The integral role influencer marketing played and should continue to play in the sector's communication strategy and how brands and influencers had to pivot their content to stay relevant. If you enjoy this podcast, you will also enjoy our fortnightly newsletter that keeps you up to date with influencer news from around the world. Subscribe at the link in the show notes. This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano-influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to their existing customers, but not a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The Salt solves the problem by identifying brand fans and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The Salt have a database of over 140,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match your brand to the right influences. Reach out to them now and see what they can do for you. Thank you so much for making time for us again. Yes, Kriya is a return guest. We are super, super excited. But Kriya, for those who's not really um, know who you are right now, Maybe just tell us a bit more about who you are and where you fit into this crazy influence marketing industry of ours. Well, thank you so much for having me back. It's so good to be back on your show. It's always nice when you get a phone call to return. That means you did a good job the first time, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I'm very excited to be back with you. Um, If you don't know me, my name is Kriya Gangia. I am a radio and television presenter and somewhere in this crazy world moved into the land of influencing. Um, I also own a digital marketing agency, so kind of play on both, you know, in front and behind the camera. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to be chatting about one of my passion projects, which is travel. And that is exactly why we've asked you back. You were a fantastic and knowledgeable guest last time. So thank you. (laughs) And this time, yes, you are so entrenched in the travel industry as well as as part of influence marketing. And you've been on both sides, which we absolutely love. And that's why we want to chat to you. Over this period, we know that the travel industry has taken such a huge knock. It's basically shut down for large periods of time. And it's literally just starting to kind of get back on its feet right now, which is really exciting to see. But during all of this, where things were shut down, those brands or the the businesses in the industry that could, how did they kind of shift their offerings or change it so they could keep those doors open? for as long as possible. So the unfortunate thing is, obviously, when we went into hard lockdown, no one was doing anything. I think we were all at that point where doors were closed and there's nothing much we can do about it. Obviously, the processes that then came afterwards was um, within provincial travel was opened first. um, And I think that's maybe the key point to kind of start with. What was really nice was to see that hotels, lodges, let's just call it accommodation as a whole, um, started focusing on local travel because they didn't have a choice in the matter. It was either that or go into the phrase that they didn't really want to do, which was thinking about shutting down. So industry started, or the industry started looking in that direction of focusing just on local travelers. 
And I think that's what really opened up the game for influencers. I know personally myself, I love going to game reserves and to the bush. And being in Gauteng, they don't, we don't really have all that many options. The first thing that comes to mind if you're a Gautenger is, ooh, let's go to the Pilansburg. Note to self, Pilansburg is not in Gauteng. So that really <laughs> pushes like a little bit of a problem. And uh, Dinner King was always kind of on my list. But I thought, why do I want to go to a game reserve that's 30 minutes away from where I stay? Is that really a holiday? Is that something that I really want to do? And to be honest, I don't understand why I didn't do it sooner. You know, looking at those things and how people started marketing their businesses was really, really good. They started pushing to local people, giving out special rates for Gautengas only if you're coming for a weekend or a weekday stay. They also started doing offerings of, we'll give you free Wi-Fi and a place to work whilst you're sitting at our game lodge. And little things like that were very integral in pushing marketing in the tourism sector. That's amazing because I know we always in South Africa, we always complain that a lot of like, especially the game parks and things, cater more to your overseas customers. And there's no way that we want to pay those prices, especially like you say, if it's 30 minutes away from my house, right? Yeah. So it's really nice that they kind of took that route to say, you know what, let's open up to people in our area because they didn't have a choice. But then how did they actually also then change the communication strategies so that they could actually tell the people in their areas that we're open for business for you, we've got special deals, come work here, you're working from home in any case, come do it in a beautiful setting and all those beautiful things. So I personally saw a massive uptake of digital media and I'll talk to it from a fact that we actually, I have a digital marketing agency. We had such an influx of let's call them hospitality clients, be it restaurant clients or accommodation clients that started really upping the ante. Things like restaurant clients went really hardcore with Uber Eats, Mr. Delivery, trying to get um, their service offering to consumers in their homes. And I saw a lot of of, um, accommodation people or accommodation companies really pushing their boundaries on social media. One of the companies that we work with quite intensely is the AHA Hotels and and Lodges Group. Um, Not only were they pushing really cool campaigns of show us your staycation and we'll give you a vacation for free, but they were also pushing their influencer marketing. They were pushing people talking about the brands, even though they couldn't physically visit their properties, they were still having people talk about their brands. And I think that was very, very key. How would influencers talk about a brand If they couldn't visit it, I mean, that's not kind of how we know influence marketing to work in the travel industry. Usually it's these beautiful influencers at the place showing off the beautiful views, the beautiful food, whatever that may be. How did they kind of manage then to get that communication across in a really nice visual way as well? So one of the one of the things that I personally did was we started re-looking at trips that we had previously gone on. Um, so for the AHA group, for the Sun International group, we'd look at trips that we'd previously gone on and try and repurpose the content. And the, the establishments were uh, very happy to do that. It was a, oh, I wish I could be sitting next to the pool sipping a cocktail at the palace. 
or I wish I could be on a game drive right now. A lot of companies also did very clever competitions and giveaways. So, for example, one of the companies has a hot air balloon service. So they asked us if you could promote one of our services or one of the things that we offer at our lodges or our establishments and do it in a creative way at home. So I picked the one with the hot air balloon rides that they offer and I put my dog in a basket and I blew up balloons and I made her ride around <laughs> the grass outside which she absolutely hated but it came across really well as visual content. I love that that is so creative and I can only imagine the uptake they would have had in entries because I mean people were home they were bored if you could do something fun to recreate and then win a vacation that's amazing yeah and there were really some great ones we had specifically with that competition we had people fishing in their in their swimming pools we had kids putting together all their uh, teddy bears and going on a safari there were some really really cute entries so Kriya, do you think these brands or these businesses focusing on the local industry, do you think that will remain kind of a focal point going forward in addition to obviously their usual international focus as well? So you'll love this story, actually. And I went to um, a beautiful lodge down in Kruger called Simbambili. And it is part of the Thorny Bush Collection. And I would never, and I will say this on an open platform, I even said it to the owner because we ended up meeting the owner. But I would never have gone to that lodge at the prices that they charge. They're looking at visiting them at between 15 and 17,000 Rand per person per night. As a South African. Uh, no thanks. Exactly. It is physically impossible as a South African, unless we are the Oppenheimans or the Ruperts or something for us. And then we own our own game farms, but that's besides the point. We wouldn't be able to <laughs> afford to go to a place like that. Some people earn that salary monthly, even less. So it's sure. really, um, it was a privilege to go down to the lodge. We got it at a special South African rate where we paid 4,000 Rand a person a night. Now, comparison to the 16,000 Rand per person per night. So we got the exact same service for the same price or for a lesser price that we would have normally paid. So if you had to compare the 4,000 Rand to the 16,000 Rand, exactly the same experience. But the lodge didn't have a choice. They either had to drop their prices to allow South Africans to visit or they were in the risk of closing their doors. Luckily enough, we met the owner whilst we were there. He was at the lodge during our visit. And he said to us that he needs to now go back and relook at how he prices, you know, rates moving forward. Because if it wasn't for South Africans, he wouldn't survived. He wouldn't have survived COVID. So he's now going, oh, crap. I should have done this earlier. That's crazy though. Like from 16K a day or a night. Per to person four. per night. That is hey? not even per room crazy. per night. Oh my word. But I'm so glad, and I'm sure he's not the only lodge owner who's going, you know what? Really love my locals. They carried me through this. Let me try and actually accommodate. I mean, there's so many countries that have like a locals rate and then an international rate why not us it's about time that south africa actually started looking at it and it's unfortunate that covid was the reason that we're now doing it more actively so kriya over this lockdown period where we know that most of the holiday places or 
um, lodges and things closed down and influencers couldn't work either. Like they were also out of work all of a sudden, right? So why did these influencers like yourself or what should they have done to kind of stay relevant during this period? I know you spoke about you were repurposing content, but what else could you really do? You know what? Every every obstacle can become positive, right? And what I noticed is, one, as much as brands were kind of restricted from doing an event or a launch or an opening or something like that, they really upped the ante when it came to house drop-offs and press drop-offs and stuff like that. So if you were an influencer, obviously you got the right connections. You needed to kind of reach out and chat to people, but also use things. And I know we spoke about this in depth the last time. Use platforms like a Webfluential or a Humans to kind of connect yourself with brands. Um, that's just from a, okay, cool, how do I go after paid for marketing? But in the same breath, you still needed to create content, like you rightfully said. And I think what was really nice about lockdown and kind of COVID and the times that we were in is that it gave you the opportunity to really create genuine, honest content. So you could have been that influencer that was like, oh my God, getting drunk two o'clock in the afternoon or two o'clock in the morning, whatever you all wanted to do. Or I shared a lot of stuff about my dogs, a lot of stuff about my puzzle building, self-skincare routines to keep myself busy and stuff like that. A lot of people started uh, interacting with other influencers. I did quite a few pieces or live chats about where to, how to plan a destination wedding and how to go on weekends away without killing your friends and stuff like that. And it was really an opportunity for creatives to become creatives. You had the opportunity to go out there and think of weird, wonderful things. And to be honest, you can see how it's paid off. There are so many influencers now that may not have had the biggest of followings or biggest of interest before COVID. And just because of their honest content, they've now drawn a whole new audience. I completely agree with you. And I actually love that about lockdown and the pandemic and how it's kind of changed content and how people consume it. It's just you saw these perfectly curated feeds all of a sudden just became this really relatable, authentic pieces of content and feeds and people really gravitated towards that. And we really got to know the person behind the influencer where before we would never have seen that side of them. And I think it really kind of bonded them with a community so much more than what it did before. And it has paid off. You're absolutely right. It was nice. It took out that, um, that glam and kind of gave it a realistic feel, right? Absolutely. But now we're seeing the industry is slowly opening up again. I know you and I quickly chatted before we jumped on this recording that you have got some really cool travel things coming up and trips coming up, which is amazing to think. But what, in your opinion, is still uh, those big challenges that the travel industry is still facing, even though we're kind of starting to open up now? I think there's still a bit of a fear. It's a fear of now I'm going to go share a room with, or I'm going to go use a room that somebody else used. I'm sharing a space. We're going to have, you know, dinners at the dining room. I think there's still a massive fear in the industry. I think that's one. I think two, South Africans still don't have as much disposable income as we'd hope we'd have. And I think the problem is, is that 
we may have had it six months ago and people started using it because we stayed at home for a year and we saved up a little bit of money. But I've noticed off the last maybe month or so, people are really starting to struggle. Businesses are starting to struggle. I've even had to look, relook at business finances to try and find where we can rework things. And I think it's, you know how you look at a, at a graph and you always see the peaks and you get down, once you hit a peak, you start going down towards a trough. I think at the moment we're in that trough yeah. and we need to kind of start getting out of it. And I think that is something that the industry is definitely going to struggle with for a little bit. Also, it's winter. No one wants to really leave their house. <laughs> and they don't, we don't really want to go sit at the pool at a game reserve in the icy cold and not be able to swim, right? So I think that is also a factor that we need to consider. And the industry also needs to look at how we're going to start getting our international guests back. Yes, cool. I can get South Africans in at a completely reduced rate, but for how long can I actually be doing it? And I think that's a big challenge that we also need to look at. Hashtag no filter. That's how this podcast is delivering real down-to-earth stories told by real people. For an influencer campaign that takes brand conversation to everyday real-life situations, go check out thesalt.co.za. They are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing. Well, look, Ria, I must say, in the winter, pre-COVID days, I used to like to escape down to the coast, warmer weather. Yep. I would still be in shorts and t-shirts there. I'd be like, mm, this is fantastic. Bye, <laughs> Joburg winter for a week or two. <laughs> I hear you. But this year, not so much. But obviously, we can't help people with finances at this point in time. But those who have the disposable income to travel are rightfully still fearful and scared that the destinations they go to maybe does not have strict protocols and someone might get sick and goodness, you know, forbid land up in hospital. So I think you're 100% right there. But I also know that most of these businesses are so meticulous in following those protocols because their business depend on that, right? Yeah. To get people back in. And the international travelers who love South Africa and we want them to spend their money in our economy. How do businesses leverage off influences to actually help people overcome these fears and start attracting these international guests again? So that's actually a very, very um, important thing that businesses need to do now. I think from personal experience on the last couple of places that I've been to um, and actually worked with lodges as an influencer project, is the little things that they've done which really, really stand out for me. You'll see when you get to an establishment, your room is actually sealed. Like it's got a bow on it. You have to cut open a bow to kind of get into your room, which is like a really, really cool. Wait. Yes. <laughs> what? That's amazing. It's like an opening a little present. Yes. And they call it what? A... Uh, uh, sanitized seal or your room has been properly sanitized and sealed for you it's really cool oh wow and i think that's like you said how do you, how do establishments use influencers is to show things like that to consumers having a chat to you now you didn't know that stuff like that happens when you get to the lodge they have quite strict protocols on 
checking of temperatures, signing in, symptoms, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, one that I went to recently actually asked you to send through your details every day, a week before your trip, just so they can monitor your temperature to make sure that if you are coming, you are still healthy. Um, there's sanitizers literally at every single corner. There's like three in your room. There's ridiculous amounts in common areas um, and I think that's really important. There are also certain establishments that have the ability to do it, create personalized areas for you. So instead of dining in the dining hall, you can rather dine in your room or um, they separate tables. They only allow a certain amount of people in the dining room at a certain time. So they'll section it out so you can book a 45 minute slot or whatever the case may be is. And it's really important for establishments to get that information out there. And what better way to do that than by using an influencer? Absolutely. I didn't know about half these things. So they're not doing it yet, Kriya. They need to get on that. Even their social media teams should be pushing more information like this. I wouldn't have known this if I didn't stay at this lodge, in any of these lodges. And I'm pretty sure that most of these travel destinations, be it a lodge, be it a hotel, anywhere, they all kind of follow the same practices to make people feel really safe. 100%. So my mom is actually part of the um, South African Grading Council. So those are the guys that go out to all your accommodation establishments in South Africa and actually issue star ratings. So whether you're a one star or a five star. And there's a set uh, protocol that they need to, that all uh, establishments in South Africa need to follow to ensure that they're COVID compliant. And if it was publicized, I don't see how people wouldn't want to travel. Absolutely. I mean, if we, if I was on my feed and I'm seeing people going on holiday, obviously with like their bubbles, so their friends and their families, and I saw that all these things were in place, I would definitely feel more enticed to go like, you know what, maybe I'm ready Maybe not for two weeks, but maybe let's go for a long weekend and see how it goes and take it from there, you know? Yeah, exactly. You should also look at, even though we're talking about it uh, now as being hotels, lodges, that sort of stuff, self-catering accommodation. It takes a lot of the interaction that you would have with other people completely out of the picture. So you can still be in your beautiful home, in a beautiful home or lodge, making your own food, cleaning up and kind of sanitizing the way that you would at home and still be on holiday. That is an amazing point. And there's so many of them around. That's actually great. Yeah, we're going to one next week. <laughs> so, Kriya, before COVID, obviously, when we saw travel content from influencers, especially these influencers who are travel influencers, that's what they do. Like you do, you travel around, you put beautiful content out there you make us want to be there and that's how we actually end up traveling to all these amazing places before it was literally just travel influencers who was really relevant to the industry they would look beautiful there'll be a really nice sunset or there'll be some nice scenery and it would really make us just have FOMO has that changed over over the period are there other niches that's kind of creeped in that could be really relevant to help travelers feel safe and come back? You know, we, we mentioned this a little bit earlier in the chat um, about how uh, influencer content has changed. So not only has what influencers are presenting to people, but the people or the influencer has changed as well. So now we're seeing more 
mommy bloggers. We're seeing more family people. We're seeing more relatable content than these perfectly modeled photos, which we said. And you can see that across the board, all brands. Everybody is using more relatable influencers. That's really, really good to see because now it's acceptable to cry on your Instagram feed and talk about how crap your day was, whereas a year ago it wasn't. And that's really nice that the whole landscape has changed. And then you're seeing the difference come through with what the brands are wanting you to present to your followers and your crowd of influence, if you want to call them that. So brands are not only looking for those pretty photos anymore. They're looking for the cool, I went to visit the spa and this is all the precautions they took. At the same time, I looked after myself and I enjoyed the products. And that landscape is completely shifting. It's now more wholesome than it is glam. It makes my heart so happy because in addition to having FOMO, you can actually relate to the person who's there. Maybe it's someone crying on a beach. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm okay with crying on a relate. beach. If you want to send me to a beach so I can cry on it, I'm okay with that. Totally okay with that, right? Instead <laughs> of crying at home. Fantastic. But I think, I think you're right. You're seeing a lot more content that is more family-oriented, that is a lot more speaking to people's lifestyles, not just this is a beautiful Insta pic that's going to make someone want to drink this cocktail on an exotic beach. It is those, this is what um, the establishment's doing for me to make me feel safe. Oh my gosh, look at the amazing food. Look at the, the kids' corners, whatever that may be, just so that people can actually feel like, you know what, I can actually go do that. That's amazing. It's actually about time, and and we've already said it. It's really sad that it took a whole year of COVID for us to get you. Absolutely. And hopefully after this, we can actually go to amazing lodges and pay local prices for it. What do you think the perfect campaign would look like right now? In the middle of things, look, we know things aren't 100% safe yet. We're not out of the woods yet. There is third wave, fourth wave, whatever we see, we don't actually know. but just so that things are opening up a little bit again, what kind of campaigns should brands in the industry be running right now? Just to keep top of mind for when people are saying, okay, let's do this. I think there's a few key elements they always have to hit on. You've got to hit on your safety precautions and what you're doing. That's top of mind. Um, You've got to hit on family, hit on what you can offer besides just being a beautiful luxury lodge. Hit on experiences. Going to this lodge that we went to in Kruger was the first time I've ever really fully seen a leopard. So an experience like that is something that you'd never forget. So definitely hit on experiences and hit on price points. I think it's very key for you to advertise that even though you're paying less, you're still getting the three-course dinner. You're still getting your drinks on your game drive. You're still getting a beautiful view of the beach, whatever the case may be is. Um, I think those are really key points that brands need to look at when now advertising to consumers. And then, Kriya, obviously, do you think brands should use kind of influencer-focused specialists to run these campaigns for them, seeing that things have changed so much? So the nice thing about influencer management companies is that they take a lot of headache out of 
the interaction with influencers. I know that influencers always live these fabulous lives and never respond to emails or pick up their cell phone. And <laughs> I'm sure you've experienced the same issues. It takes. Oh my God, Kriya, we know you guys are busy stalking leopards somewhere. <laughs> so we have to be patient with you. But a lot of brands don't have that opportunity where they can be patient. So yes, you need to look at it in two ways. Working with an influencer agency is going to take out the headaches of actually um, approaching influencers, chatting to influencers, coordinating schedules with influencers and all the drama that comes along with it. But it is costly or can be costly. Let's put it that way, depending on what you as a brand are looking for and what the agency can provide you. It can be quite costly. In the same breath, you can do it yourself. However, you need to look at whether that's a focus point for you. Are you, as a business owner or a brand, do you have enough time to focus on managing influencers, calling, calling again, sending another email? Or is your focus going to be better spent at making sure your business is now really making a success of itself? No, absolutely. Let us just do everything for you. We'll do the strategy. We'll get the influencers. We'll brief them. We make sure they are where they're supposed to be and doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it really is. It takes a lot of time. If you haven't done it before, it takes yeah, it really hours does. and hours of work just, just to do that. So I agree with you. If it's not your forte, don't do it. Like, honestly, <laughs> you focus focus on what you need to be doing for your business. Let us do the rest of it. <laughs> also, influencer agencies have already have the relationship with influencers. So if I had to, yeah. as a digital agency, phone up someone that we use on a number of campaigns, I know she's going to be there on time. She's going to take great photos and she's not going to mess you around. And we've worked with her before. It's easy for me to get hold of her than you as a brand starting from scratch. Absolutely. And I think you brought up such a good point there. Um, having those relationships, we know who is reliable. We know who would fit your brand style, uh, personality, all that beautiful things where you are kind of taking a stab in the dark if you don't really know. All you know about this person is what you see on Instagram. You have no clue. Are they good to work with? Are they on time? Do they get the brief um, first time around? Do you need to babysit them? That's all those things. That's also really important to think about. Exactly. So, Kriya, what are the top three things that you could tell a business today in the travel industry that they should keep in mind when they're starting to conceptualize these travel influence or holiday campaigns at the moment, especially in winter in South Africa? I think you definitely need to pinpoint your messages. If you just go into it wishy-washy and hope that something pretty comes out of it, it's really not going to be beneficial for anyone at the end of the day. Think about exactly what it is that those are your key points that you can push. So for example, you're a self-catering lodge in the middle of the Drakensberg. At this time of the year, it's great to think about the fact that you could potentially get snow. It's really nice to have families out there. But if it's a sunny day, you can still take the kids horse riding. I think that needs to really get portrayed. You need to go, all right, fine. We've got four things that we can offer you during this time. And, four re and four, two of those four things are super unique. Let's find them and let's push that message. That's very important. Love that. 
That is such a good point. Really look at what this time of year is your key offering and make sure that gets communicated really clearly. Love. Yeah, it's also, it's, it's, it's a thing that people look for. Like, I mean, I may not have kids. Um, I have dogs, <laughs> uh, which are my children. Um, but I would love to go and see the snow. I would love to, at this point, maybe go down to the beach where it's a little bit warmer. Those are things you really need to consider. So, Kriya, this has come to the end of our lovely chat. Thanks again for being yet again another amazing guest, as what you were (laughs) last time. Really appreciate it. But before we let you go, please tell everyone where they can connect with you online so they can learn more about you, your company, and also these amazing travel adventures that you go on so often. I think the best way, especially for travel stuff, is at Kriya Travels. That's on Facebook and Instagram. We've got some really great trips coming up. So if you want to go check them out, we've got a little bit of a Dalstrom coming up at Madikwe and another uh, Valgefonden Lodge that we're going to in the next month and a half. Um, so it'll be really cool to see those nice places. Um, so go follow us there. And then if you want to look at it from a agency point of view, it's Creative Media. That's K-R-I-8-T-I-V-E media.co.za amazing thanks so much Kriya and I'm sure we'll catch up with you soon again definitely I look forward to it thank you this podcast series has been made possible by The Salt the influencer company that turns influence into affluence in the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their community go to thesalt.co.za to learn more about how The Salt can help you grow your business 